So guys, one of the best events of the year is coming up. I'm talking about HubSpot's annual Inbound Conference in Boston. Inbound is the event of the year for business leaders working in marketing, sales, customer service, and operations, and much more. You can discover all the latest must-know trends and tactics that you can actually put into place to scale your business in a sustainable way. And I think you'll love it. So make sure you mark your calendars for September 5th through 8th, 2023. You'll be able to catch talks from amazing talent like Yvette Noel Shore. Yes, the Yvette, Beyonce's advisor and publicist, plus Guy Raz, Morgan DeBond, and so much more with multiple stages featuring industry experts and tracks from sales strategy to AI and innovation. You'll walk away with practical tips that you can put into action right away. Plus, you'll connect with other leaders leaders from some of the most exciting and innovative companies in the world. This year is going to be unforgettable. So tickets are selling out fast. Head over to inbound.com to get yours today. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Akome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome, welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, I have Jasmine Taylor, the founder and owner of Baddies and Budgets, a financial education platform that aims to empower women of color who are struggling with their finances and feel hopeless. Jasmine has designed a platform that offers impactful education and tangible resources for budgeting enabling women to use these tools with precision and purpose. Jasmine's tireless efforts have resulted in the growth of her Instagram community to over 160,000 followers and a TikTok community of 700,000 supportive women, all eager to learn and transform their financial lives. So in today's episode, you will hear how Jasmine started her own budgeting journey right on TikTok, showcasing the cash stuffing method that she uses and turned it into a business. Today, Jasmine is on pace to make over $2 million with her Baddies and Budgets physical product business and has major plans to provide hope and financial literacy to women and to guide them towards a better financial future. Let's get right into it. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome, Jasmine, to the guest chair of Side Hustle Pro. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, of course, for being here. Like I was telling you in the pre-show, I'm just so inspired by your journey because I think it was unexpected for you, right? You just never kind of saw yourself on this path. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship and side hustling. You just never know where it will take you. So for those who are just getting to know you, can you share a little bit about when you were bitten by this entrepreneurship bug. I understand that there was a point where you had a degree, no job, student loan debt breathing down your neck. <laughs> and tell us about how you felt then and how that led you to entrepreneurship. Honestly, I had, you know, dibbled in entrepreneurship a little bit before um, I got into mm-hmm. the personal finance world. But what really got me going was I was turning 30 and, you know, <laughs> that was a big year for me. And I felt like I was in the mm-hmm. worst position I had ever been in. Finances were terrible, had a degree, no job, bad credit. It was just like, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. And so I literally mm-hmm. told myself, this is my last year living like this. And 
I changed my life yeah. that year. What what happened that year? Okay, take us through it. So before you created Baddies and Budgets, what was the career path you were pursuing, even though you didn't have a job? So I was going to school to become a teacher, right? I eventually, okay. when I first started going, I wanted to become a doctor. <laughs> started working in a mm-hmm. hospital and quickly realized that's not my journey. And so uh, <laughs> my sister was an educator and, you know, I enjoyed it a little bit. So I was like, okay, I'll just do that. I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do, but, you know, it's a job. And so it never ended up working out where I could do that. Uh, things just didn't line up. And so I just started taking a look at my personal finances because I was like, I've got to do something. And so the journey to owning Baddies and Budgets started with me addressing my own personal finance issues. And in doing that and sharing that with the world, the business came about. So I understand you were sharing it on TikTok. What exactly were you sharing? So I was just sharing literally my own cash stuffing journey, different ways I like to save the actual budgeting that I was doing. And it just took off. Like the very first video we posted, I think did a million uh, views. And I was just like, oh, people are interested. (laughs) And so I kept going. Interested. Now, I know a lot of people do cash stuffing videos, though, Jasmine. So tell me, what do you think it was about your video? You know, your personality? What really led that video to just take off like that? When I first started cash stuffing, it wasn't nearly as many people out there as there are now. Um, I actually started on YouTube and there were three or four other women there doing it. So it was just kind of an accountability thing for me. But when I got to TikTok, I've always been very transparent about my journey. So when I had a lot of debt, they knew I had a lot of debt. They see the struggles, the ups and downs. I do not paint it up, honey. You get what you get. Mm-hmm. And I think that really resonates with people because as a Black woman coming from poverty, it can be really hard to relate to a lot of people in personal finance when you don't really yes. see yourself or people who have been through what you've been through, you know, look like they've even been through anything. And so it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to ever see yourself even doing some of the things they do. And people get to see the real me. And, you know, as like right now, I'm getting ready to try to purchase a home. They see the ugly part, mm. the struggles. You know, I just share everything with them. I feel like it's so important to be transparent and people resonate with it. Yes, that's so true. It's so, so important because especially around money, there's a lot of shame. Everyone thinks that they're just the worst at money. They're the only ones that have made mistakes or they have less saved than everybody else. And there's this shame around it that won't even allow people to get started. But when you find someone that's like, hey girl, I'll take it, I'll take the shame from you. Look, I'm at zero. I'm at negative. All right. Follow my journey. Then it allows you to, all right, let me, let me take the first step too. So I, I just love that there are people brave enough to do that. I love that you were brave enough to put yourself out there and share because look, look what you've built. Look how many people you've helped. So tell us a little bit more about the cash stuffing thing, because I, this was new to me too, when I started seeing people do this and it's still kind of it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. Like, are you going to the bank and literally taking out thousands and just so you can put it in envelopes? Basically. So cash stuffing is a budgeting <laughs> system that uses envelopes to divide your cash between various spending categories. So mm-hmm. I'll be honest, when I first started, I was absolutely going to the bank and pulling out every penny of my check. Yep. And 
putting it in envelopes. And the thing is, is you can really adjust it to your lifestyle. I went mm-hmm. head first because that's just how I am. If I'm going to do it, I have to do it. But some people leave their, they don't mess with their bills, right? They cash stuff, just their yep. spending money or just, you know, sinking funds, which are saving for long-term things. You can really adjust it to work for your life. But if you're one of those people, I come across people all the time who are so impulsive with their spending, got to buy everything they see yes. on TikTok, can't get off Amazon, yes. get every Shein outfit. And it's consuming your Listen, life. mind your business, Jasmine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's put you in such a hole. Like people have really lost mm-hmm. touch with their money. And even if you only do mm-hmm. it for a short time, getting back in touch with your tangible cash and really physically sitting down and learning to give your money a job, like yes. this is what I need this money to do. And, and like it changes something in your mindset surrounding your money. And it doesn't have to be a lifetime thing for everybody, but there's something about feeling that real cash and watching it add up in these envelopes and being able to actually reach goals and do things that you haven't been able to do before. It's life-changing for a lot of people and it may seem excessive and outdated, but honey, if it works, it works. If it works, it works. And I love that uh, a recent guest also talked about that. Nasima McElroy of Financially Intentional about giving your money a job. Stop thinking of it as this free flowing pot that you just pull from until it's done like every penny has a job literally that that is the first step towards financial wellness and wholeness now all right so your tiktoks are going viral you're sharing your journey with people what was the first product that you created to sell and earn money it was just a basic budget binder that's all we had in our shop. That's all we could afford because I was very much bootstrapping it. And so we had budget yeah. binders that could customize the envelopes, customize the covers. And that's all I had for probably four months. And that's what we pushed out. Honey, every design that could come in, I was making it. Uh, were you a creative like DIY person? How did you know to create a binder? How were you creating this and mass producing it to sell it? I'm very creative and I'm always evolving and creating. Um, And you learn very quickly that trying to scale a custom business is not really the easiest thing to do. So you always have to pivot and evolve and find new ways to make things beautiful, but not so time consuming. So being creative and being able to pivot has been a really huge part in my ability to have success with this. Now, these binders. So was this something where you had to put aside a certain amount to invest in your startup costs and then you were paying for these binders and then mailing them out? How did that process work? Uh, I was very broke when I started my business. I actually started my business with our stimulus check that year. Uh, I hosted my Shopify website. Uh, I got my DBA to start structured as a business. I bought my first piece of inventory and a cricket machine. And it was gone. And that's what I started with my first month. And we were profitable. We made a little over $9,000 profit that first month. And we've been profitable ever since. What? And how how much are you selling these binders for? I'm like, let me see. They range anywhere from... (laughs) Girl, (laughs) they're anywhere from $29 (laughs) on up. (laughs) It just depends on how fancy you want to get. We try to have entry level because some people really do start and don't have much. So they start at $29. Or if you're trying to get real fancy, it gets on up there depending on you know what you're looking for but we have a little bit of something for everybody nice and that raises an important point that i want to point out to you guys listening what i've discovered through researching jasmine and this whole industry is so people like to feel good about budgeting and saving you don't want to feel like this is something 
um, painful. And so there's this color that you put towards your binder. You make it, you know, fun. It's almost kind of like the planner community. We had, Mm -hmm. we had a planner person on the show before, like the planner community goes hard. I'm learning this budgeting community goes hard. Like you need your binder to be fly. You need your envelopes. You want your labels and all this other stuff. Did you know that when you got into it or is this something that you discovered as you learned more about your audience? It actually was something that was relevant to me. So I started out DIYing my own stuff and I would always make it really, really cute. And I learned that the prettier things are, it's almost like the easier it is to do when it's something fun to look at. It keeps you encouraged to keep going. And the girlies really love when it's pretty and it looks good. And, ooh, this is different. And, you know, they're really into that. And so if, if, you know, keeping it pretty encourages you to keep handling your finances, we're going to keep it cute. Oh, yeah, we're going to keep it cute. So you spent your stimulus check, you start the business, you're profitable right away. How did you hold yourself accountable to not start balling out and to start budgeting even more? <laughs> I told you, like, I there are very few decisions in my life that I've made and really stuck it out. But I was coming out of a really bad place. And I was determined that year. I was like, I'm getting this debt paid off. I'm getting my credit right. And so even though financially, like, the business was doing very well, I made sure to keep myself very diligent. I took only what I needed from the business. And the majority of that was paying off student loans and medical debt. I lived, like I still to this day live like I work minimum wage. I don't, I haven't increased my lifestyle at all because it's almost like I'm playing catch up. And so I kind of am very laser focused. I haven't spent a whole lot of money and I don't because I don't need to because I have goals that I'm trying to reach outside of that. So it hasn't been hard for me at all because I remember what it was like when I was struggling and I am not trying to go back there. Not trying to go back there. Mm -mm. Um, Yeah, I saw that you only take like a minimal salary from the business and, you know, you're able to use the business to allocate funds elsewhere. So I just think that's Mm -hmm. so smart. Tell us a little bit about your process for inventory. So I understand that there are these highly awaited restocks that you guys do. (laughs) How does that work? How do you manage that process and know when to mark things as sold out, even though you have a few? Like, how does that work? Okay, we have custom-made savings challenges, and those are the ones that people live and die for. And so we have, I've been staffing up pretty well here lately, but there's only so many we can make each week. So we put Mm -hmm. that amount on the site, and it's usually gone same day, and we spend the rest of the next week (laughs) creating. Uh, I've been coming up with little ways to make it more DIY for the customers so we can get more out. But they really like the feel of handmade things because it tends to be a little Mm -hmm. prettier. It feels a little more chic. Mm -hmm. And so they do really well for us. So the restocks really build up buzz and they're sitting there waiting when it's time to restock. And so it it does pretty good. So how many products do you have now? What's the product suite? So we sell budget binders. I have... Mm -hmm made we'll be releasing my fourth savings challenge book in the next week um we have expense tracker notepads we sell little trinkets like cups and keychains as well we have lifestyle products so we sell binders to help you save for a home for an apartment new car baby wedding your kids senior year of high school things of the such we're really trying to bring it back into the basics because we kind of got out there a little bit but mostly everything <laughs> surrounding budgeting and savings challenges are really 
what sell well for us. And those are things that I create that are one of a kind that you can't really get anywhere else. Um, like our savings books, we sell a ton, but those are designed by me. So how does the savings book work? Let's see. Oh, she's about to pull it out, so y'all. Make instance, sure you check this out on YouTube. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> so here's the one we released this year. This is the Build-A-Bag Savings Planner. Okay. So inside yes. of here, we have different challenges, okay. and you can save for different things. So, for instance, this one is called Baddie's Book Club. And just as they read a book, you go through, select, just check off any book, and you save that amount. So it's just little cute, small ways for them to save money for different things. They're interactive, so you can color inside of them and save up for all different types of things happening in your lives. And we created custom yep. envelopes that match them. They love that. So they yeah. do really well for us. And is there any kind of community where people check in and share what they're doing in their book that builds on that as well? They do. We have a Facebook group called Cash Stuffing 101 with Baddies and Budgets, and they share a lot there as well as across all of our socials. They love to send us DMs of their wins. So we be, you know, we repost them for everybody to see, but it's pretty cool. So you mentioned you're reeling it in, and that's something that always is of interest to us over here at Side Hustle Pro. How do you manage that balance of getting excited and creating a whole bunch of SKUs, a whole bunch of different products with really staying focused, laser focused on what works, what sells the most, so you don't have a whole bunch of inventory lying around or you're just not you know, stretching yourself too thin? Uh, for me, it's honestly not about the inventory. As I look towards scaling my brand, I honestly want to reach and help the most people possible. And as you know, with social media, people are exposed to you for a very little time. So when they mm-hmm. see the cash stuffing video and they head to my site and there's a hundred products, there's always, well, I didn't know what to get. Well, I was confused. And so I really want to have a more streamlined process so that they can get what they need and actually apply it to their lives and use the products. That's really where our goal is for the next year is to really get it to a more streamlined process so we can really help more people. That's so smart. You're right, because especially if you're talking to people who are impulse spenders, you're like, oh, I want a binder. Oh, but that savings book is cute too, you know? And, <laughs> and then you just are losing track once it gets there of actually using one, focusing on one, seeing the results. So I like that you're thinking about that. And another thing I noticed is you mentioned we a lot. Who is the mm-hmm. we? How, you know, how big is your team and how did you start building out your team? So I have six contracted employees now. It started out with just my niece and I for probably the first year and a half. Uh, We brought in another person to help us with customizations at the top of last year. And we've just been slowly trying people on, you know, for (laughs) what seems like forever. We're slowly trying (laughs) to build out because (laughs) the workload has quadrupled. um, And, you know, we kind of were drowning for a minute. But, you know, I'm trying to build out the team, but it has to be the right people. You know, that's probably of all the things I've done in business that are tough. Having the right team of people around you is so important. And it's honestly been one of the hardest parts of the job for me is finding and hiring the right people. But yeah, right now I have five contracted people and myself. What have you learned? Like, what are some tips you can share about what's helpful in helping you hire the right people? Niceness and business don't mix to be very direct upfront about what you expect and to compensate people fairly, if not more (laughs) than fairly for the job. 
I've learned that happy people do very well. And so most of them make more money than me, but they do the job (laughs) and they do it very well. Uh, We have a pretty lax, I don't put them on schedules. They, you know, work as they work, but they do a really great job of getting the work done and the work is done correctly. And that's worked for me when I try just like being buddy, buddy and friendly and mm -mm. Mm-mm. It doesn't work. Niceness in, in business, it just doesn't go together. You have to respect people, treat people fairly, but I'm your boss. And you know what I mean? You have to keep that. Yeah. You can't blur that line. It doesn't. People don't work well that way. People need structure and routine. And, mm-hmm. you know, they do better when you and have boundaries structure. and boundaries. Ooh. And I also want to point out here that niceness and kindness are different. So I understand what yes. you're talking about. You're not talking about being unkind to people. Right. You're talking about this um, idea that's been kind of ingrained in us, especially as women, that we need to be liked and we need to be nice and all this other stuff. And that can cloud your decision making and just being direct and upfront, like with people being direct goes against the instincts and the things that have been ingrained in us about um, how to be nice. But you need to be direct and you need to be a boss. It's very true. And, you know, they even do better with it. Like when I come in and I'm just like, hey, this is what we need to get done today. Here's ABC. Here's how you can do it. And be sure that you give the people the resources to do what they need to be able to do. That's one thing I always do is if there's an issue, I take accountability. I go back and look at, hey, did I prepare them? Do they have what they need? And if I've done all those things, then okay, we got to talk about it. But I think a lot of people try to lord over and manage people. And it's like, but you didn't even give them what they needed to be successful. Like, where's the blueprint? Where's the SOP? You know what I mean? And so I try to make sure I do all those things. I'm direct. I'm very kind. I pour into their lives. Um, I make sure that I take really good care of them and they take care of my business. Yes. And and you need that. You need that. And you mentioned an acronym, SOP, Standard Operating Procedures. I remember the first time I heard that, this was a few years ago. I was like, what is that? (laughs) You need (laughs) to write down your operating procedures. (laughs) You need to write down so you can share with others. And all right, we're entrepreneurs, we're busy. Like it doesn't happen right away, but eventually sometimes you can go back, you know, six months into the year and say, all right, what have we been doing? What's new? What did I shift? What do I need to add to my SOPs that, you know, haven't been updated in two years? Yes. (laughs) And do it. Very true. The Shine Online, hosted by Natasha Samuel, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Natasha interviews the brightest entrepreneurs she knows to bring you no-fluff advice. So honest discussions about the mental health and lifestyle aspect of entrepreneurship and actionable strategies and success stories of those who've mastered the art of shining online. Now, I recently checked out her episode called The Anatomy of a Great In it, Natasha breaks down tips to master short and long form content. And I'm always trying to optimize and make my social media videos as engaging and impactful as possible while also getting people to take action. So this episode was definitely helpful and I think you guys will love it as well. Listen to The Shine Online wherever you get your podcasts. Have you always dreamed of being your own boss or just making extra income through e-commerce like making your own custom products? Maybe you've even heard me talk about this and the print-on-demand option on this show, but you're probably not sure where to start, which is why you haven't started. 
Well, now there's a new podcast all about this. It's called Printing Profits, and it shares everything you need to start and scale your own print-on-demand store. So it features stories from store owners who found success and who share their journeys. Plus, it's just jam-packed full of practical tips on how to actually get started and how to scale your print-on-demand business. So again, it's called Printing Profits, and it's your new must-listen podcast. It comes to us from Printify, which is the platform that allows you to sell custom products around the world, and it's available on all major podcast platforms now. Now, where did you learn all this? You said you were on the track to be a teacher, and here you are with all this business acumen, running, uh, uh, is it over seven figures now? The last I saw you were making eight, like 850K. It will By be. By the end of this summer, so, it will be. <laughs> yeah. Where, where did you learn this business acumen and how to manage this million dollar business? Honestly, life has been really good to me. So along the way, I have been exposed to and met some people who on the back end, like bookkeepers and CPAs who have connections and help link me in with people or educate. Like, it's crazy. It's been people who like I go and above and beyond to make sure that I understand certain things and girl, this is how that works. Make sure you're doing that. And then I was selected for 1 million black women through Goldman Sachs. And we went through a 12 week intensive with, um, Goldman, and they pretty much teach you everything you need to know about small business. That's when I actually learned about SOPs was in January. Okay. And they go through every facet of business. And I learned probably a bachelor's degree worth of business information in those 12 weeks. I had a phenomenal advisor and mentor and she has just, she took my business literally from what felt like still like a side hustle to me then to a real business. And you'd be surprised the little things you miss <laughs> that you just don't understand or that you just don't see. And so I'm really yeah. grateful for that opportunity. But that that Goldman Sachs 100, uh, 1 million Black women, that really changed our business and changed my mindset and really educated me on how to run a small business. Excellent program. We will link to that in the show notes, you guys. Um, it, yeah, that is a phenomenal resource that you have shared. And you're right. There's so many small things you overlook, sometimes because you don't know and sometimes because you just you feel like you don't have time in that moment. Like, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And if you really want to grow, you have to take the time to do those things to tighten up your business. What were some of those small things? The small things for me were definitely the SOPs. That was the first place that I was like, oh, Lord, I don't have anything written <laughs> down. <laughs> and that's why it takes so long when I bring in a new person. It's like, I have to go and do. Okay, let me show you. Let me teach you. Instead of putting it all on paper and then it's like, okay, well, here, here's what we do. And they can kind of guide themselves through the job. Um, as far as breaking down like profit and loss sheets, looking at yearly projections and what that really means and what it looks like. It was just a plethora of information, but it, it was just, and it was honestly probably the basics, but it's things you're not taught. You can make hundreds of thousands of dollars and not really be running your business correctly. And another thing that I'm sure you're laser focused on now is also you can be making hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. And because a lot of information is gatekept, not know how to optimize your savings, your tax rate and all this other stuff. And so that's a whole other conversation. Sorry, guys, I don't have time to get into it right now. <laughs> but, you know. 
I, I plan to share more of my solo journey as well as because I'm now that's what I'm laser focused on this year. So I'm curious your experience with that as well. Uh, like again, it's another those one of those things where I was really blessed. Um, my bookkeeper had a lot of connections with really high end CPAs, and so we've mm-hmm. been kind of tax planning from the very first year. I haven't had a huge tax bill yet. We do really well with managing and making the correct purchases throughout the year, so that at the end of the year, it's yes. not. Lord Jesus, you know, but this year will be (laughs) much larger than any year we've had. So I'm having to, you know, learn about real estate and other things, because if you don't spend that money, honey, they, they want it. And so they want it. (laughs) Definitely get you a bookkeeper, find you a CPA Uh that has worked with people in your revenue range and, That's really been key for me because you never know it all. So you have to delegate those. How did you find yours? TikTok. Your bookkeeper. I found Brendan on TikTok. Yes. He was sharing breakdowns of because he has like NFL players on his roster. And so he would share like Uh what they did with their money on TikTok. And I was like, oh, and I just messaged his information so I can link you guys. What's his name? His name is Brendan McCoy. Okay, guys, I'm going to link that in the show notes as well. See, this is why you guys have to be sharing what you do. People will come across you on TikTok and, you know, it doesn't even have to be huge. The right people will find you and then you'll grow from there. You'll grow from there with referrals. But if you don't share what you're doing, people can't find you. That's right. Now, what is your scale plan? It sounds to me from what you've been talking about that you have your eyes on scaling. What does that look like for you? And what's your plan to get there? Our first step is to go from this probably 2 million we'll do this year to five in the next three years. And beyond that, I really just want to Focus in more on the customer journey. That's our our mantra around here later. We really want Baddies and Budgets to be able to help people no matter where they are in their financial journey. Um, we are hoping to work on a fintech product and just you know continue to help people. I try not to focus on money because money is in abundance and it comes if you stay in your lane and you work hard. I've learned that, that if you yep. stop looking at the dollar it falls into place. But honestly, I just, we haven't touched nearly the amount of women that we can. We haven't helped Mm -hmm. nearly the amount of women that we can. And so in the next two to three years, I'd really like to be able to get out and do more, go to some of these events that invite me, have enough of a staff so that I can do that and really get amongst the people and help more women with basic financial literacy. You would be surprised how many people don't understand basic financial literacy because it was never taught to us. We grew up trying to survive. You know, we don't know anything about even getting to a point of saving, let alone trying to build wealth. That's a whole other conversation, but I really want to be able to do more. You know, as you were speaking, two things came to mind. One, when you mentioned you need to hire more people so you can go to those events, I'm like, well, what are you still doing in the business? So what keeps you so closely attached? What are you still doing that you need to let go of? Too much. Probably. Um, I have a really, (laughs) I have a really hard time. I can delegate things now and hire people to do things, but I still have to come in and look. I need to check. I I feel like I need to help. Um, I still pack orders most weeks. (laughs) I come in and do all the social content. um, And I just really need to, I feel like 
one or two more people will get us to the point where I can like Woosah and strictly do yeah. back end stuff and content. Yeah. But that's my baby. And so I got to make sure I get that it's done it. right. It. You know, Listen, something I've heard recently that I'm trying to um, get to a better place with, and I think I will, I think I will in the next few months, but it requires a lot more of the, that SOP. Like you get more comfortable, the more of that writing down and training that you do the more of that sitting and um you know what i really like as well videos recording my process recording my thought process so it comes with more of that for you to finally feel that you can let go a little bit more but the advice i heard was people you hire don't need to be able to do it just like you 100% they could do it 80% that's good <laughs> so yeah, getting good comfortable with that 80% <laughs> is what we're aiming <sighs> for and the second thing I thought about as you were speaking is that basic financial info that you, you know, a lot of people don't know, like you were saying, but it's even harder nowadays because there's a lot of misinformation on these platforms that can be so good and so helpful for a business like TikTok. But then there's also a lot of misinformation. Like I remember last year, everybody was talking about how we all need to buy a Range Rover because we could claim it on our taxes. And it's like... Y'all, wait, 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 dial it back, dial it back, y'all. Come on, come on, come on. Don't have these people have you in trouble with the IRS. Don't have these people have you in debt for, you know, $100,000 car. Like, let's let's talk through this. Let's strategize. So there's a lot of misinformation going on. Let's talk about this. So let's just say, for example, the Range Rover bonus depreciation is what they're talking about there. I think also as a consumer of any information, you need to be responsible enough to look up some of the things that you're hearing people say. Because people will say anything, especially on Beyonce's internet. They will get out there. Yes. And <laughs> some of the stuff, I'm like, no way. And it really sucks. But in the era we live in, it, there's going to be more of that as people can freely get online and say whatever it is. Just make sure you do your due diligence and don't go jump off the side of a mountain because they told you yeah. to. Even me or yeah. you know anyone else, make sure that you do your due diligence. Pick and take from it what you can and apply it to your life. But don't take anybody's word as gospel because you know we're all people and people tend to have motives and you don't want people to get you in a crazy position. Before we jump into the lightning round, I'd love to know more about how you are approaching marketing your business nowadays. Um, Most people are shocked to hear that we don't really market. I've never ran ads. We don't do anything like that. I basically, the content I put out is what sells our products. Uh, I've been lacking severely in that because business has taken off in a huge way this year. Um, So I haven't had a lot of time, but my plan for June is to really get back into creating the basic financial literacy content, pushing more of that out there. And that in turn usually brings us sales. Uh, I've been thinking Mm -hmm. about trying some ads uh, at the end of the summer, but if you don't really need to, you know. (laughs) Right, if it's not Mm. broke, come on now. Yeah. Keep that money, keep that money. Um, Yeah. In your vision, are you looking at being in a retailer one day at all? And, you know, now we know around here that a retailer is not the end all be all because of what it requires resource and money wise. But I'm curious if you always want it to be something that you sell in-house or Mm -hmm. also partner with retailers at all. 
I'm open to hearing out a lot of different opportunities. We had some really big interviews um, at the top of the year, and that really opened up a lot of doors with a lot of different opportunities. So in the next couple months, you'll probably see some really cool things coming from us. But like I said, I'm not I'm not turning anything down because you never know what's for you. But if it fits and it works, you know, it's a good fit with baddies and budgets. We're definitely open to it. All right. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what's coming. And yeah, those interviews came across my YouTube stream. I was like, wait a second, who is this? So yeah, opportunities (laughs) like that truly do expand who knows about you because you already know how the TikTok algorithm works. Like if I'm not searching budget content, I never would have come across you. I just wouldn't have. But because of your interviews, I came across you. So that's really cool. Now we're going to jump into the lightning round. You just answer the very first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. All right. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Uh, Scribenow.com, I believe. As we were talking about SOPs, Scribe, it, it literally you go onto a website that you're, whatever you do online, it will document mm-hmm. it and create the SOP for you. It has saved me hours. What? Listen, mm-hmm. you guys, I do this for myself because every every day I learn a new thing. I never heard of that. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, who is a non-famous Black woman entrepreneur who you would want to switch places with for a day and why? Um, her name is Cynthia Nevels. And she is my mentor, but she is one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. And I would love to see what a day in her life looks like. Mm, What does she do? So she owns a vegan food restaurant. And she also in Dallas has like a small business accelerator type program as well. But she's a genius. We might have to have her on the show. All right. (laughs) Number three. um, What is a non-negotiable part of your day these days? I just brought back into my life a morning routine. And so walking on the treadmill and spending some time outside have just, it just starts my day off so well. And so I refuse to start my day off without it. Um, Number four, what is a personal habit about you that has helped you significantly in business? Writing, I pull up my notes app at night whenever I have all these great ideas and I make sure to chart down all of those ideas because you have great ideas at night and then you wake up and it's like, well, where is it? Yep, yep. I forgot what happened. And so so for me, I make sure that I sit down and put it all in one place so that all that excellence is ready in the morning whenever I'm ready to create. Ooh, I like that. All that excellence is ready in the morning, waking up with all that excellence. I love that. All right, finally, um, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are worried about not having a steady paycheck? Nothing in life is promised, but I feel like if you know deep down in you that it's what you want to do, sometimes you just got to gather your ducks and cross the road. Um, Building a small business for me has been like jumping out of an airplane and building the parachute on the way down. You'll never have enough money. It'll never feel perfect. You'll never feel like you know enough. But if you don't take the leap, you'll never know whether it's going to work or not. That's it. If I wouldn't have bet on myself, I wouldn't be where I am now. It could have failed. Something couldn't have aligned and I may have had to start over. But how do you know if you don't ever take the leap? Mm -hmm. I know so many people are going to want to reach out to you after this episode, Jasmine. So where can people connect with you and Baddies and Budgets after this episode? So we're Baddies and Budgets across 
pretty much every social media platform. The quickest way to reach me is usually Instagram. I'm baddies in okay. budgets over there. And holler at me. We can have a conversation. Yes. And by the way, are these t-shirts part of your merch too? Because they're so cute. Hey, she's wearing they her, used to her be. Logo yes. <laughs> <laughs> we sold out of them. So we're going to revamp for the summertime. But yeah, we, we okay. have a little merch. Okay, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. All right. Well, Jasmine, (laughs) thank you so much for being in the guest chair. Like I said, um, your story just inspired me so much, resonated with me. Something, your energy is, you know, it's infectious. And I just hope that you guys see and hear just how important it is to bet on yourself, to start where you are and keep going to use what you have, even if it's a stimulus check and start and keep going. All right. So with that, you guys, there you have it. And I will talk to you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.